0: the coffee. No, that's the nicest guy ever. I couldn't have asked for a better roommate. What up, dude? Don't what up dude me, what up dude you? Did I get coffee this morning? He's just so thoughtful. Okay, so you got coffee. You know, you got, you literally had to move the note to get the pot out. this note. What, what did it say? How could you not read the note? It's like eight words. This guy. Just tell me what it says. I already wrote it. I wrote the thing. I'm not gonna write it again on the text message. I already wrote it on the note. (laughs) He is so intentional with his communication. Am I reading that right? Yes. I hope I can be as good of a roommate as him one day. Well, good morning. Hey, it's good to have all of you at all of our churches this morning as we're starting a brand new series entitled Bad Blood. And in case, um, man, you didn't know what this series was about, you just kind of got an idea by watching that bumper, right? And also, I can't think of a better time really to start a conversation about relationships than around Valentine's Day, really, because this is about love and care and friendship and those kind of things. And and the reality is, every one of us, if we really stop and think about it, we're really honest, we. We all have a relationship that we would love to make better. What Don't we? Don't we all at all of our churches? Like we've all got a relationship or two that probably would be characterized by having bad blood. And so this is just the truth about relationships. Bad blood can infect any relationship. But here's the thing, and this is what we're going to discover today, and that is this. It doesn't stop there. When a bad blood starts running through a relationship, it seems to quickly get out of control. It quickly starts infecting the whole relationship. For example, it can be something as simple as they annoyed you or they started off annoying you because they smacked their gum and now everything they do annoys you. Or or they started like occasionally interrupting you whenever you were having a conversation and now like everything they do annoys you. Or they started annoying you because you wouldn't email them back or text text message them back ASAP. And now everything they do annoys you. Or they started leaving like the cabinet doors open or they started setting dirty dishes on the counter instead of putting them in the dishwasher. And now everything they do annoys you, right? Like, there is somebody in your house, there's somebody in your workplace, there's somebody in your family, there's somebody in your neighborhood, there is somebody in your life who absolutely annoys you. There's somebody in your small group, in your class, in your school, who is very, if you would name them, and you've already named them in your mind, they're relationally difficult, right? Now, here's the thing. If you're sitting with them today, don't look at them. But here's the most important part of that. If you're sitting with them today, here's the thing. Most likely at some point, everything in your life and your relationship with them was good. Remember those days when they were your best bud, they were your best friend. I mean, you're gonna be soulmates forever, but the bad blood started infecting your life and now it's infected the whole relationship, which not only means bad blood can affect any relationship. And this next statement we're gonna put on the screen, it is why this series is so important for every one of us. And that is this, bad blood can quickly infect any relationship. See, this is so true about bad blood in a relationship. In fact, many of you have experienced this. You thought you had like a great marriage or a great friendship or a great relationship. You thought you had a great roommate, a great coworker, And in a moment, it all changed. And you know from experience, you know that bad blood can quickly infect any relationship. Like the healthiest, the most normal relationships in a moment of time, just like that, can be infected by bad blood. Don't miss this because this is so important to remember as we begin this four-week conversation. Every relationship has bad blood just around the corner. Don't miss this. Every relationship has bad blood just around the corner. And how we handle those moments when bad blood kind of starts seeping into our relationships, start infecting our relationship, it really does affect the direction and the quality of our lives. In fact, you might've even heard it said before this way, and it is so true. The quality of our lives is only as good as the quality of our relationships. And by the way, if you're like in the middle of a relationship that is characterized by bad blood, you know this because you're living this. And as bad as it is to have a relationship with bad blood, you know what the worst part of having a relationship with bad blood is? It's that it's made your life worse. Possibly it's even made your life miserable. It's caused you pain. It's caused you hurt. It's caused you anger. It's cost you a lot of emotional energy. In fact, the emotional toll that it has taken on you, it has robbed you of the quality of life that you wanted to have. And it so often happens in a relationship when we get bad blood in the relationship or we've experienced enough bad blood in different relationships, we think things like this, oh, it would just be so great not to be around people. It would be so great if I didn't have to deal with people. And so what we start doing is we start isolating ourselves from that person or those group of people, and we try to withdraw in order to avoid relationship issues. But see, that's not the solution, because the truth is, if you're going to have any quality of life or success in life, you're going to have to be in relationships. You cannot live as an island. God did not make you to exist as an island. God made us to be part of a family, to be part of his body. And so whether you like this statement or whether you dislike this statement, it is still true. In fact, every one of us, we have relationships that we just have to be in and, and it we got to deal with them. And so, as we said earlier, The quality of our lives is only as good as the quality of our relationships. So here's the question. If the direction and the quality of our lives is in direct correlation to the relationships in our lives, how do we deal with them when we have bad blood in them? Well, today, and I'm so glad that you're with us today because we're gonna discover how you deal with these relationships so you have bad blood. And, and we're going to do that by first learning what is the primary source of bad blood in our relationships and then why it quickly infects our relationships. So to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a statement that James, the half-brother of Jesus, made. And James makes it very clear what one of the primary sources of bad blood is in our relationships so if you're taking notes, I invite you to follow along or you can follow along in your notes or put it on the screen. We're going to be looking at James chapter 4 verses 1 through 2. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, if you're not familiar with James's writing, but James is writing to Christ followers in the early church because he is very concerned about their practical application of their faith. And in the part of the letter that we're going to look at today He's talking about living out your faith in relationships, especially the relationships that have bad blood. In fact, I want you to notice what he says, James chapter four, beginning in verse one. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? So the question is, so why do we have bad blood? What, what's literally what's the source of bad blood in a relationship? James says, I'm going to tell you what the cause is. But for many of us, if James would come along and ask this question to us, hey, what caused that last fight and quarrel? What caused you to get out of the relationship you had that last person? What's the cause of fights and quarrels among you? For many of us, our response would be because they've got issues. I mean, they're they're just so impossible, they are so stubborn, they are so difficult, they are just so disrespectful, they used me, they are so mean, they are so hateful, they are so unkind, they are so ungrateful, they don't appreciate who I am. You could just fill in the blank with whatever you think is the reason that they're such a miserable person and are making your relationship with them so miserable. But I want you to notice the next part of this verse because in the next part of the verse, James tells us, he goes, okay, Here's the real source of fights and quarrels. Here's what he says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they, and they here is referring to fights and quarrels. They is referring to the thing that causes bad blood. He goes on, don't they, fights and quarrels, come from your desires? And if you're taking notes, make sure you underline the word desires or circle that word desires. It's very important to understanding what James is saying in this conversation. We're gonna come back to that in just a moment. But he goes on, he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? To which most of us would say, no, 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 no. My desires have nothing to do with why there's bad blood in the relationship. Because see, in our minds, The fights and the quarrels in our relationships don't have anything to do with our desires. It's because of the people in my life. I mean, it comes from the people that are in my family, the people that are in my job, the people in my school, the people in my neighborhood, my, my friends or used to be friends. I mean, they're just so difficult. They are impossible people. And James goes, no, 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 no. That's not the reason. Let me give you the real reason. Why do we have fights and quarrels? Why do we have bad blood in relationships? Well, to answer that, we go back to this word desire. See, James says it's because of your desires that battle within you. Literally, what James is saying is there is something that you want fulfilled so badly and the people around you your family your friends your classmates your coworkers your boss i mean all those people around you they are not fulfilling it for you So James says the root cause of why we are always on the edge of bad blood in relationships, the root cause of why bad blood is just around the corner in relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our families, in our workplace, he says the reason we struggle with others is not just because other people can be difficult at times. James says the primary source The primary cause of your fights and your quarrels is your desires that battle within you. Now, I hope you understand what James means by desires that battle within you. Make, Make sure you pay attention to this because it's so important. See, in every one of us, there are like these God-given desires and needs. Like God has given us all certain desires and certain needs. And it could be something, anything from like security and safety and self-worth and self-esteem and intimacy and companionship and a love and acceptance and fulfillment and joy. And all those desires are good. All those needs are God-given. However, James says, when those desires begin to battle within you, they can become the source of an unhealthy expectation to get other people to meet my needs or to get a person that I'm in a relationship with, to meet that need. And here's what James is saying. If I am not intentionally and emotionally and spiritually aware, what will happen is I will not contain those desires. I will not look to God to meet those needs. And eventually what will happen is those desires that battle within me, they're going to spill out on the people around me in an attempt for me to get them to meet my needs. And so, just so you know, this little phrase right here, your desire that battles within you, it's talking about this. It is needs in you that you now expect others to fulfill. Don't, don't miss this. A desire, according to James, that battles within you. Once it starts battling within you to have that need met, it ceases at that point to be a desire. When it becomes a Desire that battles within you, it then becomes an expectation. And an expectation is saying, I want it this way. It should be this way. It should work this way. I will fight to make it this way. Like whenever a desire or want becomes an expectation, what ends up happening is all of a sudden this desire is now an expectation of somebody owes this to me, because this is what I imagined was going to happen in this relationship. This is what I wanted to happen in this relationship. This is what I wished for. This is how I pictured it working out. And I deserve it to be that way. Please don't miss what I'm going to say right here. This is so important. Whenever you get into a relationship, and your desire becomes a desire that battles within you. And now it's an expectation for someone else to fill. And you have someone else in your life that you idolize enough to believe that they in their humanity can meet that need when they don't fulfill that expectation, that person that you idolized, you will demonize them. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not even their issue. They probably didn't have the capacity in the first place to fulfill or meet that need. And James says, unfulfilled desires that we expect others to fulfill, and then they don't do it. It's why we have bad blood in relationships. See, we have desires, we have expectations to have certain needs met. And then when those needs are not met, we do whatever we think it will take to get the people in that relationship to fulfill our unmet unmet needs. And then James goes on and he goes, okay, just in case I'm not clear enough, let me give you a little bit different perspective to help you understand why this is so true. Here's what he says in verse two. He says, you want... Something. You want something. What do you want? Well, at this point, you want this strong internal urge to get this need or this desire fulfilled. Whether it's a God given desire that's been corrupted or some other kind of desire, and he says, and you want it fulfilled, is saying, I want my desire fulfilled this way. And then he goes on, he says, you want something and you want it so badly, but you don't get it. So what do you do? You kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. And what James is saying is James is saying, listen, You want something, you want something so bad that you will kill a relationship through fighting and quarreling to get it met. You want something so badly that you don't even realize it, that you're living such a covetous lifestyle that it's killing all your relationships. So what James is saying is you need to stop and you need to look at yourself to see why that need, you need to see why that desire is such a big deal to you. Why is it so important that this person meets this this need that you are willing to kill a relationship, in order to get that need met. And many of you, you're killing a relationship with your children in order to get some love need met, or you're killing a relationship with your parents in order to get some kind of need that you have in your life. Some of you are killing your relationships with your fellow students or co-workers or you're just like killing a relationship because you want something and you are so needy. And you're demanding them to meet that need. That you're willing to quarrel and fight. And he says, you need to look and see why. You need to look and see what's wrong with you. But he goes on to say, in fact, you're so desperate that you covet. I don't want you to miss this. Whenever you make any kind of comparison, it's a form of covetousness. So like whenever you make a comparison statement, something like this, well, I wish my husband would be more like that, or I wish my wife would be more like that, or I wish I had a boss who would do that for me, or I wish I had a teacher who cared for me like that, or I wish I had friends who wouldn't treat me badly. I wish I had a friend that would treat me like that. See, what you don't realize is that as you're expressing comparison statements, it's revealing the covetousness of your heart. And so James says, you need to stop and you need to see what's wrong with you, what's wrong in you, that you are willing to fight and quarrel to get your desires, your needs met. You need to stop and ask yourself, why are you so desperate? And that's not how most of us think about it, when somebody doesn't meet our needs. <laughs> Some time ago, I had this person who had been on our staff and I had met with their spouse and um, <laughs> it was a man, he was telling me, this lady was working for us, I was just meeting with him and he was saying, "'You just need to understand as her boss, "'you're not meeting her needs.'" <laughs> I thought, well, let me just go ahead and tell you something, buddy. As her boss, you don't want me meeting her needs because that would mess up your marriage. You know, but what he was trying to say is, See, you, you got it, right? See, it's like we tell other people you're a failure to us because you're not meeting our needs. And when we tell someone that, it's more a statement of our neediness than their failure to meet our needs. And so he and I had this conversation and some years ago. And he's come back multiple times and said, I so appreciate what you said. I said, you know, here's the thing I know about you. You can't even meet your wife's needs. As much as you love her, you you can't meet all of her needs. She can't meet all your needs. So to say that somebody else is a failure in your life because they don't meet all your needs, it's more a statement of our neediness than it is about their failure as a human. And that's why James comes along and he reminds us, he says, God loves you and God wants to meet your needs. And so instead of killing them, and coveting what you think others have in order to get your needs met, he says, here's what you really need to do. You you need to turn to God. In fact, James reminds us that God wants your relationship with him to be the relationship that you turn to first to get your needs met. Notice what he says in the last part of verse two. He says, you do not have because they betrayed you. That's not what he says, is it? You do not have because they let you down. You do not have because they didn't meet your needs. They weren't a good friend to you. You do not have because they didn't give you the promotion. They didn't give you, you do not have what you, you do not have because you didn't get the recognition you wanted. You do not have because you didn't get the privilege that you wanted. No, no, no. He doesn't say any of that, does he? All the things that we say, this is why my life is now limited because of what this person, he comes back, he goes, no, no, no. You do not have because you do not ask God. He says, "You don't have, because you're looking to a human being that is fallible and incapable of meeting all of your needs. Instead of looking to God, who said the Apostle Paul said this way in Philippians, "My God shall what, supply how many of your needs, all your needs." Which again, affirms what we said earlier, one of the primary reasons we have bad blood in relationships is because we are not getting something we want or expect from someone. Now here's the thing, some of you are gonna, you're gonna push back on this and you're gonna go, yeah, but they, they promised and maybe they did. And we're not discounting the fact that they promised, but you still are expecting some from them. You, as James said, you want something. You want the promise fulfilled that they made to you and they're not fulfilling that promise and it's causing bad blood in your relationship. Or or you say, yes, but it is so right for them to keep their promise. Yes, it is. But you're still expecting something from them. As James says, you want something. What do you want? You want what in your mind is right and you're not getting what is right. And in your mind, you need to get what is right. Right? And you not getting what is right is causing bad blood in your relationship. You go, yeah, but it is only fair. And you start stomping the ground, you know, kind of like the guy in the video did. It's only fair for them to do what's right. And here's what, we all agree with that. But you still are expecting something from them. You, as James said, you want something from them, but you're not getting it. What do you want that you're not getting? You want what is fair. That's what you want. See, James says, Bottom line is the primary reason we have bad blood in our relationships, even if they promised, even if it was right, even if it was fair, the reason you think they are being difficult, that they've let you down, the reason you feel like they're not a good friend anymore is because you want something and you're not getting it. You expect something from someone other than God and you're not getting it. In fact, you might wanna write this next statement down. The greater my expectations in a relationship, the greater my frustration with the relationship when they are not met. The greater my expectations in a relationship, the greater my frustration with the relationship when they're not met. And I'm gonna tell you something. I know how hard this truth is to accept. It can be really difficult to accept. I remember about 25 years ago, I was sitting in a counselor's office with a lady. She was, the counselor's name was Sue Gilbert. And she started telling me what I'm telling you today. And she's saying, Paul, everything's wrong that's wrong with your marriage is not your wife's fault. Cause you know, at that point in time, and Mom, we were about six, seven years into the marriage. And I'm just like, man, my wife is so subpar. <laughs> She's not meeting any of my expectations. And I'll never forget Miss Sue going, your wife is not subpar. See, you wouldn't have liked known me 25 years ago. People oftentimes will say, Paul, we, I wish we'd known you 25 years ago and learned all this stuff back then. I didn't, I didn't, I was learning this stuff back then. She goes, here's the deal. The reason you guys have problems in this relationship because you have too high expectations. You're expecting her to do for you what only God promises to do. She's like, you married her to love her, not for her to meet your expectations. And then she gave me this concept, the greater my expectations in the relationship, my greater the frustration. So she's like, get rid of your expectation. I'm telling you, that was the hardest thing for me to be willing to do. And you know why? Because subconsciously we resist accepting this truth because here's what we subconsciously think. You're ready for this? But how will I get my needs met? Because if, if I let them go and I let them off the hook and I don't expect anything, how am I gonna get my needs met? And James goes, you have not because you don't ask God. Listen, if you could ever wrap your mind and your heart around this truth and embrace this truth, if you could ever embrace the truth that the reason we have bad blood in relationships is because you have a set of expectations that you want from someone— and they are not fulfilling them or you're not getting them fulfilled, if you can remember this and you can remind yourself of this, I'm telling you, this is something I have worked on for 25 years. And I can promise you, it will transform your relational life. And you know what I discovered when I just got rid of all my expectations of my wife and just said, you know, I'm just gonna love her. My goodness, I'm like, my wife is way above me. She's amazing. Like, wow, my God supplied all of my needs and more. I mean, in so many ways. Now, here's the thing. I understand today, we're not telling you how to deal with the needy people in your life and their neediness is spilling over onto you. And and you wanna know how to deal with that. We're not dealing with that today. That's why this is a four-week conversation. But you have to get this one right in order for what we're gonna say over the next few weeks to even work for you. But here's the thing, the point of today is this. This is really the point of today is is to look at what James is saying and to recognize that not only do we have other needy people in our life, but that we are needy as well. Anytime you say, I'm not getting my needs met, what are you saying? That I am needy and to come to terms with what we expect from other people. In fact, I I want all of you at all of our churches, I want you to say this with passion from the bottom of your heart. I'm gonna put three words up here on the screen. And I just want you to say it with passion with me. And that is this, I am needy. Y'all are not passionate enough. I'm just telling you, all of our churches, come on, let's go. Everybody, I am needy. Okay, let's just say it with gusto. I mean, I almost want us to stand, but I'm going to ask you to do that. Everybody, ready? All of our churches, here we go. I am needy. And the people sitting around you are saying, wow, finally, you understand that. (laughs) You've been demanding all this stuff from us that we do not even capable to give because you are so needy. See, every one of us have this God-sized need in our soul. And we want human-sized people to fill that. And that's unrealistic. And until we own this, that I am needy, what happens is our neediness is just going to spill out onto other people. And until you own this fact that you are probably the primary cause of so many situations where there are bad blood in your relationships, I'm telling you what we're going to say for the next few weeks about how to deal with other people, it's not going to do you any good. So here's why you first have to look at yourself in the mirror about this issue. Because if you don't first look at yourself, if you only look at them, here's what will happen. You will see them as the person to blame for the bad blood. And when you see them as the person to blame, in your mind, Your blame, it validates all of your bad feelings about them. And here's the thing. When you feel validated, what it does, it just adds more fuel to the emotional fire that is already raging inside of you that causes you to feel even more validated because you got all these emotions stirring up inside of you. And here's the thing. The more validated you feel about them being the cause of the bad blood, the less responsible you feel about the problem in the relationship and the less responsible you feel, the more emotional you become and the more emotional you become. Guess what happens? The more emotional you become. And the more emotional you become, the more irrational you become and more of the problem you become. In fact, you might even want to write this cycle down. When you feel more validated, and we mean by validated, when you feel more right. And this is why most of the time it's not good to work through a problem with your best friends going, you know what so-and-so did to me at work? They're going to, oh yeah, they're such a sorry person. I can't believe they treated you that way, blah, blah. And all the time, you're wanting that person to meet a need in your life because you're needy. And they're just, maybe don't even have the capacity to do it. And so you feel all validated. Then you feel less responsible for the problem, the less responsible you feel, the more emotional you become and the more emotional you become, the more irrational you become and more of the problem you become. Listen, when you don't feel responsible for the problem enough to first look at yourself, you will always be very irrational with your view of the problem. And you'll go into that whole blame game. And you know what blame is? It's being lame, be lame. And so you're just gonna blame them for all the problems in your relationship. And here's the thing that you know, blaming other people has never elevated you in life. It's never made you more significant or more successful. Which means this, if you ever want any kind of success in relationships, if you want any kind of success in any area of your life, you have to first take responsibility for the part that you control. And the part that you can control is to recognize, I am needy. I'm not getting what I want. I have needs and I have desires that are battling within me and they're not getting met by that person. And if they were getting met, then I wouldn't feel any, or if I didn't have the expectation of them getting met, then I would not feel any level of of frustration at all. So here's our challenge for you this week. Are you ready for this challenge? This is going to be a great one. When you are about to blow a gasket this week, when you're about ready to be lame, when you're about ready to blame somebody else for them making your relationship so difficult, and you're about ready to say to someone else, well, they're just not meeting my needs. Like when you're about ready to walk out of a relationship, when you're about ready to walk away from a friendship, when you're about ready to walk away from a marriage, when you're about ready to walk away from that job, when you're about ready to treat them badly, because you're so angry that you've justified it in your mind. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to say this out loud. Do you know what part of the problem is here? I have a desire, expectation that is not being fulfilled by them. Let's just try this together. Can we do that? Do you know what part of the problem is here? Oh, let's do it together. That means all of us, not just me, right? Do you know what part of the problem is here? I have a desire, expectation that is not being fulfilled by them. And while it may not be the whole issue, James says, it's the primary part of the issue that you can take responsibility for. Because I'm telling you, until you own this, that you have needs and you have desires that are spilling out onto others, you will never have the quality of relationships that you really want to have. Now, some of you are just pushing back really hard in your mind right now and you say, yeah, but you know what, they promised and I was right about what I said and they're not being fair. And you know, that, that's all could be true and, and we'll deal with that in the coming weeks. But before you go there, you need to stop and recognize, even if you're right, even if it's not fair, even if they promise, part of the reason there is bad blood in your relationship is because you are not getting that need or that desire fulfilled that you expect them to fulfill. Which means one of the primary reasons we have bad blood in relationships is because we are not getting something we want or expect from someone. So I just want you to imagine, what would it look like if you would first look in the mirror? Imagine when you're just about to blow a gasket because they in your mind are being so difficult. If you would just stop and you would say, hey, you know what part of the problem is here? I'm not getting, oh, because of my neediness, I'm not getting what I expect from them. I'm going to tell you, when we first look at ourselves as an issue, you know what it always does? It helps us to have a better perspective of the problem. And you know why it helps us to have a better perspective of the problem? Because when we look at ourselves first, it deflates our emotions. And when our emotions get deflated, guess what? We see more rationally. Think about that. See, when I'm not all emotional, I become a whole lot more rational. So once again, here's what I want you to do. And this is something you've probably never ever done before when you started experiencing a moment of bad blood in a relationship. But this week, whenever you start feeling that, here's what we want you to do. In fact, I want you to say, with this with me as, as we close. In fact, I'd like for you to look at the person beside you because um, it could be the best thing you've ever said to them. It could take your whole relationship to a whole nother level, right? Here, here's what I want you to say. Why do I have bad blood in relationships? Because I am not getting what I expect. Let, let's do that one more time. Right? So before you get in this week, every time you're starting to feel this bad blood thing, you just got to remind yourself, you got to say this, why do I have bad blood in relationships? Because I am not getting what I expect. And then come back next week and we'll start dealing with what happens when some of their desires and when their neediness start spilling on you and causing bad blood in the relationship. But I'm going to tell you something. Until you start applying this, everything we say over the next three weeks, it's, it's not going to work because you're just going to stay in the blame game. So can you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for just giving us this incredible truth. It's a hard one for us to accept because we are so needy. Because in our minds, if... If we don't leverage them, if we, if we don't push on them, if we don't demand of them for them to meet our needs, they're not gonna get mad. But I thank you for James who said, hey, you don't have, you, you don't have not because of anything that anybody else has ever done. Nobody else is the limiter on your life. You, you don't have because you don't ask God. And God, I pray that today, we turn our hearts and our minds and our thoughts that we turn our souls the neediness of our being toward you and we look first to you and when you choose to use people fill us with gratitude so that our relationships are not destroyed by expectations god help us to begin to see everything every need that every any person ever meets in our life as a gift so their hearts are filled with gratitude in relationships instead of fights and quarrels. God, thank you for your incredible goodness to us and the way that you guide us through your word and help us to have your strength and your power to admit, you know what part of the the relational issue is here? I am not getting what I expect. God help us to look first at ourselves realizing we're primary source of the problem and then look to you to meet our needs. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. See you next week. Have a great week.